0: conference we are so happy that each of you are here so today helping me out i invited a few of my favorite people right here is nick let's give it up for nick so um i know nick's mom very well i love me some lisa Carroza. so i decided to call lisa and ask her a little bit about what nick was like as a child And I just have a special story for you today, okay? So apparently, Nick wasn't super pumped to go to kindergarten. So much so that when Lisa came to pick him up and bend down and give him a sweet hug and say, honey, how was your day? Nick punched her in the face. He straight up punched his mother in the face. Look how cute he was though. But yeah, he punched his mom in the face. That's, you know, hold that over his head a little bit. She has lots of funny stories. If you ever want to be entertained, go talk to Lisa Carroza about Nick. It's awesome. So then next to him, I have my sweet Madeline here. And so yes, I, um, I wanted to call Madeline's parents and ask them an embarrassing story.
1: You're welcome, Madeline. <laughs> Why
0: does Nick get the cute baby picture and I get I don't, whatever I don't know. that is? I don't, know what
1: happened. I don't, I don't have not. any pictures where I look like that.
0: I'm not quite sure what happened there. Um, but I tried to call her parents and ask a bar- an embarrassing story, except that nothing could really top the story that she already told us, that last year she pooped the bed. So I don't know how to like embarrass her more I than I had food poisoning. Yeah, It I, was a yeah. serious thing. It was Whatever a you need to tell yourself, Madeline, there's her story for you. And then I have Brandon here, and I called Brandon's mom, okay? Um.
2: What in the world?
0: Oh boy! <laughs>
2: at least your picture isn't that. Look at how patriotic I am.
0: So, I called Brandon 's mom, and I actually can 't share hardly anything that she shared with me about how Brandon was as a child, so i won 't um, because it's i don 't I needed to not know a lot of the things she told me about him as a child. however, she did share this one small fact that he was so sweet in worship but he, as a child, but mainly he worshipped with his bottom that 's about all he did in worship yeah, around the church that. he worshipped just with his bottom. So, um, now that I got to introduce them, I'm gonna let them introduce themselves, tell you a little bit about who they are as well.
1: Yeah, so I'm Nick, if you don't know me. I went to Fruit of Monument High School, class of 2017, which actually makes me the baby here. Um, and I also went to the best middle school on the planet. I brought my basketball jersey, 18 baby, East yeah. Middle School, <laughs> where's it at? Where are the cheetahs at? I played sports! Look how I little that sports. jersey is! You fit in yeah. that thing? No, I don't. Look how little this is! <laughs> 25, baby, 18! A- 18! Team. A- team. That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, I'm a sophomore now. I go to CMU, I'm pursuing music. I play keyboards here at 4640, and I also have a, have a jazz group that plays in town. And I also play the oboe, which is like a really nerdy instrument. I play that at CMU and with the local symphony here. And one time, okay, we were all at Chipotle getting some food, all the youth staff was. And it was around Christmas time and they were giving you a discount if you had an ugly Christmas sweater, like a really obnoxious, ugly Christmas sweater. And Joe got this discount (laughs) wearing his normal clothes.
3: (laughs) Yes, Pastor Joe, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, um, my name is Brandon a.k.a. intern Brandon, a.k.a. the favorite intern. I, I also, I also graduated, <laughs> I graduated from Fruit and Monument High School in 2016, and I am currently pursuing my calling in youth ministry here with you guys at 4640, and I had a pet cat named Hazel. Oh. Oh, she's still alive. It's a story for another time.
3: I'm very confused. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, my name is Madeline. I graduated from Fruta Monument High School in 2016. I am currently a junior at CMU studying history, so that's super awesome. And it's funny that you say the whole favorite intern thing, Brandon, because yep. um, Nick and I, we actually interned at the same time. Yeah, we did. And it's funny because we stopped interning right as you started, yeah. and that wasn't a coincidence, was it? Not a it? coincidence, Yeah, no, no <laughs> not at all. And um, also, Nick, it's funny that you bring up Pastor Joe and Chipotle because I also have a Pastor Joe and Chipotle story. So when I was in middle school, which was in, like, the old vertigo, the old 4640, we did a talent show where I was forced against my will to <laughs> <laughs> eat a burrito faster than Joe. It was like a burrito eating contest. And Joe, Joe won this much, but he cheated because his burrito was significantly smaller than mine. So I call it a tie because it was a conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah, there you go.
0: All right, thanks guys so much for introducing yourselves. So today we are talking about friendships and how important our friendships are. And the truth is, show me your friends and I can show you your future. Who you hang out with matters. Who you hang out with, the direction they're going, that's the same direction your life is going as well. And so it super matters. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. And so I wanna I start with this idea of circles, okay? So we all have circles in our lives, okay? we have three different circles I'm gonna talk about today. The first circle is this big, huge circle, and these are our acquaintances, okay? I'm gonna just abbreviate for time's sake. Acquaintances, okay? And these are people we come in contact on like a kinda of normal basis, but they're not like our friends or besties, they're just people we know around school. And then this next circle right here, we have more just like our friends, okay? And these aren't our besties yet, but these are people we would spend time with, we have a few classes with, we would eat lunch with, like they're our friends, we, we, we would call them to hang out if we wanted. But then we have right here in the middle, this is our inner inner circle, and these are like our besties, okay? This is who we spend the most time with, this is who we call, this is who we FaceTime, this is who we Snapchat, this is who we do everything with, we tell them all of our deep dark secrets, we like spend time with these people. And the Bible says in Proverbs twelve twenty six, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the wicked lead them astray. And so I'm going to ask these guys a few questions today. And the first question I have for you guys is, did you guys choose your inner circle? Did you choose your friends carefully in high school and middle school?
3: I would say that I definitely did not, because I believed the lie that I didn't really deserve better friends than what I had, Um, and so I really ended up just settling for standards that basically anyone could have met. Um, A lot of my friends just came from common interests, some of them came from neighbors, some from like just people who thought I was funny, and then a lot of them actually came from uh, running track with them. And so most of my friends were athletes, they did come from running track, and that basically pretty much guaranteed that they were not active in a youth group whatsoever because they were always athletes and they were always at practice and so because they were always putting sports above God they were always at practice and never at youth group I basically thought that it was okay for me to do the same thing so their priorities became my priority so my priority instantly became sports um, and so I really just did not have great friends I did not choose carefully because I just believed this lie that I didn't deserve anything better but now when I do serve for my friendships. My standards are much higher because I don't believe that lie anymore. Um, And so the very first standard that every person that comes into my life has to meet is that they are a Christian. And not only are they Christian and they identify as a Christian, but they are actively pursuing a relationship with God on a daily basis. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no way I surrounded myself with Mm -hmm. good people. I surrounded myself with people or friends that helped suit my personal interests Mm -hmm. in that season of life. I mean, I saw my church friends every day, my Christian friends, but I never actually let them inside of my inner circle. Throughout high school, I really let my emotions decide who I would let inside or outside of my circle instead of finding good Christian friends that would help me through my emotions, if that makes sense. And it always reminds me of Proverbs 27 17, and it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. And when I think about this verse, I I picture ironing, sharpening iron. As painful, and that must hurt, and there's yeah. no way I wanted that. So I surrounded myself with friends that were more like aluminum instead of iron, and so they, they really kept me dull instead of mm-hmm. finding those those iron friends that would help me grow sharpness the way that God had intended me to be.
4: Yeah. About you, Nick.
1: Uh, for me, I definitely chose my friends, not carefully, but conveniently. And for me, I was in a lot of AP classes, so I surrounded myself with those kids that I was around a lot. And the problem with those kids is that they were focused on grades and everything else like that, but they, a lot of them didn't believe in God. And even though this went way against my beliefs, and these are beliefs that I had when I was sitting in the seats you guys are sitting in. When God put these things on my heart, I was going against those and my friends would really just spit on those beliefs, so yeah. I didn't choose them carefully at all.
0: Yeah. I know one thing for me growing up, I remember my parents constantly being on me about my attitude, and it was usually like, hey, this friend makes you have an attitude. And at the time, of course, I like would roll my eyes and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. And now looking back, I'm like, <laughs> clearly I had a problem with my attitude when I was around certain friends. And, and our friends not only affect our attitude, but they were... They affect our relationship with Christ as well. So I'm curious for you guys, did your relationship with your friends affect your relationship um, in a good or bad way as far as God went? And also, what did your attitude, how did your attitude play in, uh, in effect with your friendships as well?
3: kind of like i touched on earlier god was not a priority to my friends so he was not a priority to me and this drastically impacted my attitude and just my overall happiness my freshman year was the darkest point of my life it was so low and it was because i was surrounded with these people who made me feel insecure they made me feel lonely and they made me feel rejected they dragged me down on a daily basis and they just not only wreaked havoc on my psychological and my spiritual health but also they wreaked havoc on my relationship with my parents. Mm -hmm. I remember I had this one friend um, throughout middle school and early high school where whenever I would go over to her house, I would watch the way that she treated her mom. And she was always very disrespectful, very rude, um, very mean-spirited. And so I would watch this and I would go home and I would treat my mom the same way because I thought that it was cool and I thought that it was okay. And it got to the point where my parents started to recognize this pattern in me when whenever I would hang out with this person, my attitude would instantly change, and I would come home a different person, and I had to cut them out of my life because they were doing such a negative impact on my attitude and my happiness. They turned me into someone um, that my parents didn't recognize back then, and that I certainly do not recognize today.
2: For me, different friends dictated how my relationship with Jesus was publicly, which truth be told hindered my relationship with Jesus privately. Wow. And the biggest the biggest hindrance that I had in my relationship with Jesus was an intimate relationship with a girl that I had that I was not ready for either mentally or spiritually. And at first I think that this this relationship felt fun and exciting because as middle schoolers and high schoolers we believe this lie that we're cooler if we're dating yeah. or that it's more fun if we're dating. But yeah. that just isn't true. And I, I lost sight of where my priorities were. Mm-hmm. I started hanging out with her more than my friends. I started hanging out with her more than my family. And then in time, I even stopped I, stopped, I started hanging out with her and I stopped hanging out with Jesus, which I promised myself I would never let happen. And then eventually I stopped listening to what the Holy Spirit was telling me in my heart. And in time, I even cut out any and all godly influences that I had just to make a girl happy. See, and it wasn't until after this relationship though that I realized just how toxic it was. Like you said, it changed your personality. Right. Before I was with this particular person and anybody else that didn't believe in God, I was generally a good person. I mean I liked, I'd like to think so. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was fun to be around, but the truth is is when you surround yourself with people that don't have God in them, that like your friendship God isn't the core, it can only bring you down as opposed to if God is the foundation of your friendships, your relationships it only brings you up. And so yeah. in time, that's just what I had to do. And I had to, to focus on finding those godly friendships.
4: So. Yeah. What about you, Nick?
2: For me, my friendships really
1: shaped my attitude. Like when I was around my friends at school, the only thing I remember doing is complaining. Mm-hmm. Like everything that came out of my na- my mouth was completely negative. We were smack talking a teacher. We were smack talking a kid we didn't like. And when I was at church, I wasn't like that at all. I was happy, I was loud, I was fun, I was engaging. And then all of a sudden this switch would turn and I would turn into this grumpy, negative person. And so these two like versions of me were growing further and further apart, leaving me feeling really, really fake. Like I would show up here on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and just put the smile on and act like everything was perfect. And then I would just show up to school and complain and be so negative. Friends like that aren't the friends that I needed. I needed friends that lift me up and and that's not what I had.
0: Yeah. I feel like attitude affects so many areas of our lives. It affects how we treat people, how we respond, how we react to different things. It affects so many different things. I think including our security and our confidence. So how did your friendships affect your security and confidence? And did popularity play a role in that as well?
3: Uh, my friends freshman year were extremely insecure one of them had um, insecurities about her body and the other only felt secure and beautiful if she was dating a boy and so as a result i feel like they would always just say terrible things about themselves in front of me and then i would in turn feel like i would have to say something negative about myself in order to make them feel better Um, and it kind of looked just like the scene from mean girls let's play that clip
0: God, my hips are huge! Oh please, I hate my calves. At
4: least you guys can wear halters. I've got man shoulders.
0: I used to think there was just fat and skinny. Apparently there's a lot of things that can be wrong on your body.
4: My hairline is so weird. My pores
0: are huge. My nail beds suck.
3: I have really bad breath in the morning. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) you. I was just like that. Like it was just like Katie in that scene where I just felt like I had to kind of come up with something that I didn't like about myself in order to make them feel better. I had to dole down who I was, who the person I was in order to make them feel better about the person that they were. And it was so hard. And because of this, I felt like I was just constantly having to change the way that I think. Like that insecurity and that negativity just began to rub off on me, and that thought pattern began to take over. And all of a sudden, I found myself at school starting to compare myself to other girls, starting to say, well, my hair doesn't look like that. I can't do my makeup like that. Like just all of a sudden it was this switch in my brain because their insecurity began to rub off on me and that thought pattern took over. And I would begin to only feel pretty if a guy told me so. Wow.
2: Yeah, for me me personally, I really feel like I needed girls to validate me. Like my confidence primarily came if a girl thought that I was attractive. But Mm -hmm. comparison is definitely the confidence killer though. I mean, I was never the six foot two starting quarterback, obviously. But I really, tried, I really tried to be like that guy. So I, I would surround myself with those types of people to, to try to make other people think that I was cool or get the popular girls. But I mean, the truth is, is I, I pushed out a lot of potential for some godly relationships with people more like me, kind of the average Joe of high school, which really isn't a problem at all. And I, I missed out on what could have been a lot of awesome, solid, godly friendships for a bunch of people who really didn't even care about me at all. And I don't even talk to you today.
0: Yeah. What about you, Nick.
1: For me, my confidence was really related to like my GPA mm. and my academic accomplishment.
3: Shocker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good one. That was good. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I surrounded myself with these friends that like. If, if I had a 4.0, or if they had a 4.1, or if they had a 4.2, they were constantly feeding each other's ego, they were feeding my ego, and they were validating these expectations that we like set up for ourselves. Now, I wish my friends would have been the kind that like would keep me accountable or pray for me, but that was just like not the case. Having my ego fed just destroyed my confidence mm-hmm. because I was just chasing the next accomplishment in life. I'd get done with one semester, get my report card, and now it's all about the next semester. How many AP classes am I going to take? Popularity was also a huge factor in this because I wanted to be well-liked. Like, I wanted to have friends. I wanted to be in with the cool kids. And this meant putting people from 4640 aside because really, in the world's eyes, being friends with those kind of people isn't that cool.
0: Wow. So it really sounds like friends affect every area of our life, whether it's in school and academics, or the way we treat our parents, or how we respond to different ways, popularity, friendships affect every area of our life. And So what would you guys say is your single biggest mistake in high school or middle school friendship-wise?
3: So I came to 4640 all throughout my middle school, and then um, as soon as I got into high school, I got these new friends and about mid-freshman year, I stopped coming to 4640 at all because they didn't want to come with me. And so I feel like that was my biggest mistake was allowing them to kind of stop me from coming. Um, and if I think, I think if I had just continued to go, continued to push through, I would have been able to make some really, really great friendships like the people that I am friends with today because for the first time in my life, I have some positive, beautiful Christians surrounding me and this is the first time that has ever happened. And guys, these are the same girls that were going to 4640 all along. So if I had just continued to come, continued to push through it, I could have made these relationships so long ago, the ones that I was hoping for, the ones that I was praying for, that I was desperate for, I could have made them way back then instead of just making them this year. So why do you think it was so hard to keep coming to 4640 when your friends didn't? It's really difficult to walk into a room this big and not feel alone. I remember walking in by myself and just being surrounded by already established friend groups and this was really really hard because it just made it even more obvious to me that i was alone it sucked sitting alone it sucked worshiping alone and the whole time i just felt bad about myself and i felt bad for myself i was unable to get past my lack of relationships in order to focus on my own with god it just became easier eventually to stop coming to 4640 than to come and to feel like crap about myself
0: Yeah. So what stopped you from making friends that were already here in 4640?
3: Uh, Honestly, a lot of it was my fault. Um, I'm not great at reaching out and um, being friendly. And so (laughs) I really struggle sometimes with making new friends, because a lot of times I have like, don't talk to me, written across my forehead. And um, I think it's just my face. I don't think that's really how I feel. (laughs) Um, It got to the point where I would walk in, I would feel alone, and instead of reaching out, I just would rather sit on my phone and disconnect than putting in a little effort into connecting with someone new. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people kind of picked up on that. They saw that I was uninterested. They saw that I was disconnected. And so they weren't willing to put in any effort with me. And so if I had just like forced myself to push myself out of my comfort zone, put the phone down and try and make some connections, I think that everything could have been completely different. Also, it really sucks, like I said, walking into this room that is already filled with established friend groups like it's really hard to reach out and make new friends as it is but when they already have great friends surrounding them it makes it feel almost impossible it is so intimidating and honestly guys if you can look around this room and see a group of friends that you love and that you've had for forever you should thank God for them because you are so blessed and that really is rare honestly like you should thank God for them but you should also be aware of the people who do come in alone the people who don't seem to have as many friends of you you should make an effort to pour the um, to pull them into your group to make them feel invited to make them feel welcome because you are not only making their day you are also setting them up better to experience God yeah when they are in here and they're feeling comfortable and they are feeling confident they can focus on God instead of focus on how bad they feel so you can make a huge difference by making someone feel welcome yeah also I feel like um, I made another huge mistake in not trying to invite my friends more to 4640 I remember I tried a couple of times but then I just eventually gave up when I thought that they weren't interested Um, but if I had just been more persistent and really made it a goal to get them here everything could have been different one i would have continued to come to 4640 and so i would have had that relationship with god i would have made a lot better choices throughout high school but two i could have gotten my best friends saved i could have brought them here they could have experienced god and they could have accepted jesus into their heart guaranteeing them a, a place forever in heaven and i I lost out on that with them because I didn't try hard enough. And now we've either lost touch or they live in different states and I have lost that opportunity and now I have to live with that.
0: Yeah. Nick, what about you? What's your biggest mistake?
1: Uh, Pastor Joe's about to hand me 50 bucks because hands <laughs> down, okay, hands down, listen to me for a second. The biggest mistake I made was dating non-Christians. Preach! This, preach! yeah, give me the money, yes, give me the money. Preach. Give it to me. <laughs> Okay, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea, and let me tell you why. You guys have heard the 46 fast, the 4640 pastors say that dating hurts, it's painful, it's drama, and it's not what you need in middle school and high school. Now, I was sitting in your guys' seats, and I heard the same thing from them. Joe was much shorter back in the day, you know, he's gotten a lot (laughs) taller since then. And, and, And I stayed faithful to these words through middle school, and I got to high school, and sophomore year happened, And I decided I knew a lot more about life than any of these people did. I knew (laughs) what's up and that I was just going to date the first girl that talked to me. And so that's what I did. That's really (laughs) what I did. I went and I dated this girl and it was horrible. I started really close to God. I was going to the conference events that we had. I was pressed into him. And then I felt myself walking away. And then I felt myself running away. And then I felt myself sprinting away. Mm. I was running away from my God in a complete sprint. And here's the thing about that. If you feel like that, you have to remember the words in the in the song that We can never run further from his love than he can find us. He will always find you. You can run from him, and I was running from him. But even though I was sprinting as far away as I could, I still came here. I still came to 4640 every week, and I acted like everything was okay. I put on my smile. I put on my everything's perfect. I'm the best. This is awesome. And I didn't ask for help. I didn't, I didn't go to Joe with it. I didn't go to any of the pastors with my heart. I just kept it bottled up because I didn't want them to see that I was weak. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to see that I had these problems. Please, please don't date in middle school and high school because it hurts. It hurts a lot. If I could have the pieces of my heart back that were broken, I would take them back in an instant. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Boys especially, where are my eighth grade boys in the room? Put your hand up. Put your hand up if you're an eighth grade boy. Okay, when you're in eighth grade, going on a date is like you go to the mall and your mom gives you 20 bucks to go to Subway. Okay, when you get into like high school, going on the date means you spend your own money, like (laughs) your money, okay? And I guarantee you, I have spent at least $1,000 on girls that I will never see again. (laughs) Like, I would have have the coolest keyboard you've ever seen if I had $1,000 right now, but I don't because I spend it on these relationships that... They mean nothing to me. They mean nothing to me. Please don't date. And if you're going to date, don't date a non-Christian. Every time the pastors found out about what I was doing, which they always find out. You can't hide anything from these people, okay? You can't hide anything. They will find out, and they're not going to reject you. They never rejected me. They never kicked me out. They were there for me. They gave me the care that my heart so much needed. I could have been going to them all along. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's just go home No, just kidding. Thank you, Nick. We we really do believe that, that to put off dating as long as possible, it's just not worth it in middle school and high school. So thank you for preaching that. Now we don't have to. So Nick, besides dating, what were your other friendships like?
1: See, my other friendships were the same way. I was still with these non-Christians. Don't get me wrong, while I was here, I had plenty of friends to socialize with. I've been friends with Jeremiah since like forever. But when I was at school, it was a whole different story because when, when you're at school, being friends with Christians isn't that fun and it's not that socially convenient, mm-hmm. okay? Because I believe the only way to have fun was with friends that were worldly, that were sinful, and that would let me do whatever I
2: wanted.
0: Brandon, what about you? What's your biggest mistake?
2: Oh man, so many. Uh, I'm just going to share a few. One of of my biggest regrets about high school was pushing out the the small group of Christian friends that I had that genuinely cared for me for the large group of friends who did not care about me at all. And I I really, really regret hiding the light that God had placed inside of me because I was so afraid to disturb the darkness that was in students around me. And another huge regret that I have about both middle school and high school was allowing the atmosphere of non-believers dictate who I was going to be in my faith. I regret being a Christian just at church or just at home, but not being a Christian at the place that mattered most, which was school. I regret saying things like, God, with everything today, I'm going to make sure that I'm a true reflection of you And then that night, or that weekend, I would go to a party, and I would drink, and I would smoke, and then I would just feel this awful, awful feeling inside, which made me believe this lie that I'm not good enough for God's love. Mm. There's no way that God's ever gonna forgive me. There's no way that God's ever gonna use me, but that just wasn't true at all. I just wasn't able to comprehend God's grace, and I wasn't able to accept God's grace and know that it's not too late to be the me that he's created me to be all along. And another lie that I believed about friendships was that everyone has to like you. Oh my goodness, I was such a people pleaser in high school. I wanted the popular kids to like me, the non-popular kids to like me. And not only is this a lie, but it's super-duper unhealthy. Like, it, it put me in situations to where I, like, I shouldn't even have been speaking to these people, let alone in the same room. And then it started to change who I was. I would start skipping class. I would start lying to my parents, and then we'd be lying to each other's parents. And these people were just a terrible, terrible influence on me. But the bottom line is, is that not everyone has to like you, And not everyone is going to.
0: Yeah, it's so true, Brandon. And and I think that's a huge way that the enemy traps so many of us. is thinking we've done too much, we've gone too far, that God's not going to be able to love us or forgive us anymore. And also, that's such a huge lie that I know I believed most of my life that everyone has to like me and I have to do everything to please people. Like Brandon said, that's so not true. Nick and Madeline, what do you think was the biggest lie you guys believed in regards to friendship?
1: I think that the biggest lie I believed about friendship was that I was getting up to class every day and I saw the same people for four years and that these people mattered so much and they were gonna be there for me and we were gonna grow up together and I was gonna meet their kids and that (laughs) we're gonna be best friends forever. Newsflash, that's not how it works. I don't see a single friend I had from my high school around. And if I see anybody from my high school around, it's at CMU, like in the library, when you see those people, do you say hi?
3: Absolutely not. No, you don't say hi. I don't think we even say no, hi. No, do we not. don't say
1: hi. We... <laughs> but for real, there are so many people other than the people in your high school, and their opinion of you, like the people in your high school's opinion of you, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. God's opinion of you matters. Their opinion does not.
3: Yes, it's good. What about you, Madeline? The biggest lie I believed was that I would never have great friendships because I didn't deserve them. And this was such an attack from the enemy because, guys, we need friends and we need great ones. And so I always believed that I would just have mediocre friends for the rest of my life. And that was why I was willing to settle for just, honestly, crappy second-rate relationships. And as a result, I was a crappy second-rate person.
0: Madeline, I want to come back to something you mentioned earlier where um, you, you were talking about coming to 4640 and you aren't super great at putting yourself out there. So you'd rather just sit on your phone and you'd rather just connect. And because you would do that, a lot of people wouldn't make the effort to come to you because you seemed you know, uninterested. And it's so interesting because we live in a generation where it's more common to be looking at your phone, to be looking at a screen than it is to just be looking and having conversations with people face to face. So how do you guys think this affects this this phone thing affects friendships and communication now
1: yeah so cell phones have really changed the way that our brain makes choices it's changed the way that our brain makes choices about a lot of things friends included so to make this point i want you guys to bear with me i want you to close your eyes okay everyone close your eyes and i want you to imagine that you're sitting down at a table you just had a yummy dinner and now there's two plates in front of you okay Plate number one, you've got your favorite dessert, whatever that is for you. So for me, I'm thinking like a chocolate brownie, like super gooey with like dark chocolate in it. And then one of those cookie things from last night, like in the middle of it, like just melting and then mint ice cream on top. Okay, that's what I'm picturing. On the second plate, you've got some salad, some green healthy salad. There's not any chicken or bacon or anything that makes salad good in it. It's just a salad. Okay, you guys can open your eyes now. If you were listening to your brain, you heard your brain telling you the dessert is what you want. That's what you want because our brains release this chemical when we see something that we like and the chemical is called dopamine and dopamine makes us really happy just like brownies (laughs) make us really happy. Okay, And dopamine gets, those levels get stimulated due to a lot of different things, due to sugar, due to caffeine, due to nicotine, and of course our cell phones. Now studies show that just looking at your cell phone, your heart rate is going to spike and your respiratory rate is going to spike because your brain is releasing this dopamine. You're like two taps away from Candy Crush and that mega dopamine release in your brain. That affects the way that we choose our friends. Mm. When we're looking at the choices of our friends, we can choose the sugary, dopamine, easy, fast friends, or we can pick the healthy, not so tasty right now, but better for us. We're going to (laughs) look a lot better eating the salad, not the brownie, right? So when we're choosing our friends, we have the choice between the dopamine cell phone friends and the godly ones.
3: Yeah, Uh, my answer won't be nearly as scientific, I don't think. But uh, (laughs) how many of you guys in here love like group chats and snapchatting? Yes, it is so much fun, right? Like I have some of the funniest group chats saved on my phone because they can just make you laugh for hours. And so group chats are awesome to have with your best friends because they can be so much fun. Um, What your phones aren't great for with your friendships is confrontation. Yeah, um, I remember so many times throughout high school, I would get in a fight with my friend where they would make me angry or they would say something where I would get angry with them. And instead of just trying to talk it out with them face to face, I would shoot them a text. And this always ended up blowing up in my face, guys. It was so bad. And I know that it's comforting to be able to like ride out and strategically plan out what you're gonna say before you say it, but guys, people cannot sense your tone through a text i don't care how many emojis you use they're going to misinterpret something that you say in that text they're going to be more focused on the subtext of the text than what you're actually trying to say to them guys do not confront your friends through a cell phone do it face to face because your friendships are worth it they're worth that time they're worth that little bit of awkwardness to go out of your way to confront someone and in the end it's gonna work out so much better for you do not do what i did also guys Stop subtweeting, okay? <laughs> that's That's really all I have to say. It's what immature. What is
1: subtweeting? You don't what know what that?
3: subtweeting is? No.
1: I don't either. Who else okay. doesn't know? Does everyone know? Am I just Everyone little... knows. Okay. Just Explain subtweeting. subtweeting.
3: Okay. So subtweeting is when you're like angry about something. A lot of times it's a significant other. And so you get on your Twitter and you passive aggressively write something about how they're making you angry without putting their name in the tweet. But in the end, everyone knows who you're talking about, and everyone gets pulled into your drama, and in the end, you just look immature and you look untrustworthy.
0: Whoa dang, okay, no subtweeting, note to self. I I completely agree with Madeline, um, and I believe it's so interesting because we live in this generation where we have social media at the tip of our fingers at any time, but it has this false promise of like awesome friendships in social media. And, And there's studies showing that actually the more time you spend on social media, the more isolated and lonely you feel. Like there's a direct correlation with how so many students are feeling more lonely than any other generation generation that has ever been and a lot of it has a direct correlation with social media and so for you guys how do you feel like social media affected your ideas of friendship and do you have any advice for these students
2: yeah the the power of social media and technology in general is huge oh it's so huge for me growing up it wasn't necessarily social media as much as it was video games and I had I had my friends come over after school or we'd go over to their house and we would play NBA we'd play Madden we played Call of Duty and we would play these games for hours I kid you not we would play them from the moment that we got out of class we'd go to each other's house we'd play all the way through the night all the way to the next morning now let me tell you something boys I know you love Fortnite okay (laughs) Listen, 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 <laughs> playing, playing Fortnite with your friends for seven hours straight is not friendship, right. trust me. Amen. You right. can do that with anyone, and I, I'm not blaming you, trust me, I did the same thing. But the thing is, is that these games, took control of our lives. It got to the point to where, if we were ever in a situation without our video games or maybe girls with their phones, we didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know how to talk. And how's the weather, what's going on? <laughs> And so it just got super weird and super awkward. It, the games are fun, but it's different when you have control over those video games and over your cell phone but it is so dangerous when they have a hold of you yeah. and you cannot stay away from them. So if I had any advice, it would be to turn the Xbox off. Not completely, but don't be afraid to have those, those conversations with each other. Go outside and play. <laughs> I, st- I mean, I still did that too, but unplug and get yeah. to know each other more because eventually you don't know if you'll ever see that person, you know?
3: For sure. What about you, Madeline? I feel like oh, you go. Thanks, Nick. Um, I feel like Brandon kind of just described social media for boys, and I think it's completely different for girls. Like, I don't think we understood what he was saying at all. <laughs> um, I think what makes social media so dangerous for girls specifically is the comparison game. Mm-hmm. And I know every single girl in here knows exactly what I'm talking about. We all have that one girl in our high school who is perfect. She looks perfect. She's got the she's got the best body. She's got the best boyfriend. She seems to be good at everything. She's just so gorgeous. And she just posts things all of the time on Instagram, on Facebook, and it's always on your feed. And it immediately makes us feel like crap about ourselves yeah. because we start comparing. We start saying, "Oh, I don't look like that. I don't I can't do that. Why why does she look so good and I look like this?" But the truth is, guys, we are comparing our darkest moments to that person's highlight reel yeah. like that is not reality at all. I had um, a, a really good friend of mine who was obsessed with her image on social media. She would spend hours, I'm not joking, hours editing and photoshopping and coming up with the perfect caption for all of her pictures and at one point she planned things just for us to do for the picture Like we drove to Moab so she could get this perfect picture, I'm not (laughs) joking. And it became super irritating as her friend because I felt like half of the time that we spent together was trying to get this perfect picture. But it was also irritating because the person that she was working so hard to portray on her social media was not at all who she really was. Mm. And no one except her closest friends really knew who she was because she was only putting this perfect image of who she was out there for the world to see. And she loved the fact that girls in our school were going on her Instagram and making her feel like just so good with all their likes. And she loved the fact that she knew that they were comparing themselves to her. And it really fed her ego. But in reality, she was just too afraid to put who she really was out there because she was worried that she would be rejected for it. Our Instagram and our Facebook accounts, they aren't reality. They are just an idealized version of ourselves. We're only putting the best of the best ourselves out there. The best pictures, the best moments, the more filters and makeup, the better. But what we don't get to see is what's happening outside of the frame. Mm. The insecurities, Mm. the rejection, the heartbreak, the eating disorder. Those are the things that we don't get to see. And like I said, we begin just comparing our darkest moments to their highlight reel in their life. But if we would just realize this, that that it's not reality, we could maybe stop that comparison game before it starts to get dangerous, before we start to hurt our image and our insecurity. Maybe we would be able to put down that phone and actually live in the moment because guys, middle school and high school, it's fleeting and it is gone before you know it. And do not believe the lie that is the best years of your life because it's not. <laughs> but it is. There are some awesome years that you are going to want to remember for the rest of your life. And so whether that's at a dance or a football game or a road trip, you're gonna have these awesome, awesome memories. So put down the phone, live in the moment rather than trying to perfectly encapsulate it within a frame. You don't have to validate yourself or your friendships or your moments by how many likes they may or may not receive. I think the other thing that social media can really do, um, and when it's really really dangerous, is when we go onto our Snapchat or our Facebook or our Instagram stories and we watch like a party or an event or a sleepover unfold on social media while we're at home because we weren't invited to it. Yeah. You feel rejected, you feel alone, and you feel like you've missed out on something because it's all over your feed and you can't get away from it. The girls at the sleepover, they're painting their nails, they're baking, they're doing all this really fun stuff. And honestly, it's not fun, it's exhausting, and it's hurtful to you. Yeah. And I think that that's something that adults really don't understand because they never had to grow up with that. Yeah. But it is so painful and sad, and you feel like this you have this pressure to do whatever you can in order to get the invite next time. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Uh,
1: I think that social media has really messed with our idea of friendship. It takes all the personal interaction of face-to-face, heart-to-heart communication and it reduces it down to text, emojis, and of course gifts. Okay, everyone loves gifts. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. Pastor Joe and I pretty much exclusively communicate with gifts and, and they're <laughs> awesome. But with online communication, I find myself staring down into the screen a lot more than I would like. And and something that Madeline said, a word she said really stuck out to me, and that word is feed. Everybody say feed.
2: Feed. We
1: call our social media feed a feed. But here's the truth. If you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is is Instagram or Facebook, you're feeding yourself breakfast. If that's what you're doing when you're going to the bathroom, the only thing you can do is pull out your phone. We're feeding ourselves. And, um, and the truth is, God has called each and every one of you in this room to be a generation that does not feed on social media. They feed on the bread of life and the good. living water that is Jesus. Goodness. You do not need to feed on social media.
3: Yeah.
1: The truth is, because we it's not like we're feeding on social media, social media is feeding on us. And I know there are 150 of you in this room that God has called to something greater than that and and different. And for me, the the real question that's getting asked here is that when I get to heaven, and I'm looking back at my life, I'm looking back at, at conference and how awesome it's been and how many of these I've been to and what God has done in my heart, am I gonna look back at it and say, I really wish, like, that I would have spent, like, more time on Facebook. Like, I really wish I would have spent two more hours on Instagram. Or am I going to say I wish I would have spent two more hours with my sisters? Yeah. Or my parents. Or my dog. Yeah. That's, that's really the question because life behind a screen is too fake. It really is completely fake. And God created this planet for us to live in and not stare into a box.
0: So true. So what would you guys say then? We've talked a ton about friendship. What matters the most and if you could tell your younger self something
2: what would it be? Um, I'd say the number one most important thing about friendships is surrounding yourself with godly friends. That's, That's number one. Number two would be don't be afraid to keep each other accountable and and, and challenge each other to move further in your growth with Christ. Don't be afraid to ask those awkward questions about, you know, those deep, dark secrets that you don't want anybody to know about. Because the truth is, is when it's inside of you and it festers, it's, it's it's like a tornado. It just wrecks everything about you. But when you pull that into the light, there's nothing the enemy can do anymore. So don't be afraid to challenge each other in that. And if I could tell myself, one thing in middle school and in high school, it would be to share Jesus with other people. Oh man, I hid it for so long, but you guys please hear me. You are the most important thing when it comes to, to sharing Jesus with others. Cause you see, you're all here right now, but there's so many more students in the Grand Valley that are not here mm-hmm. and they are lost. So what you say and what you do matters. You guys are the light of Christ in the school. Mm-hmm. Please do not be afraid about what anybody else thinks about you because their opinion does not matter. The only opinion that matters when you're sharing Jesus to other students is God's. Yeah,
1: absolutely. If I could go back and tell myself anything sitting in your chair, I would tell myself that life happens in seasons. And I'm not talking about the weather kind of seasons, like it started (laughs) snowing so I can't skateboard to class. That's not the season (laughs) I'm talking about. I'm talking about the distinct different periods in our life where we're surrounded by different people. Now, sometimes there are fun seasons to celebrate and have a great time. And sometimes there are seasons of and during these lonely seasons it seems like nobody cares that life is meaningless and that there is nothing that's gonna make us happy again and the truth is the enemy tries to feed us he tries to feed us with social media video games boyfriends girlfriends but none of that will make us happy because there is a part of each and every one of us that only God can fill and when we're in these lonely hurtful seasons he is the only friend that will get you through it, not any of the friends around you, because he is your first friend. And, and, and when I was getting ready for this, I looked through the Bible for, for verses about friends, and I came across James 4.4. 4. And James 4.4 4 says, friends of the world are enemies of the Lord. Now, how, this I've wrestled with this until today. Because if God created the world, like why wouldn't, like, why wouldn't our friendship in the world, why would that be a problem? Because here's the truth. Every one of you guys are in a battle, and that battle is over who has control of you. Does this world have control of you, or does God have control of you? Because the world wants control of you. When you have negative friends, negative friends will make you feel bad for not hanging out with them. They will make you, like, if you don't show up, then you're suddenly an outcast because they want control. There is control of the world and there is control of God. And you will be in that battle every single day. When you're celebrating, you'll still be in that battle. And when you're hurting, that battle gets really real. And the truth is, when you put God as the center of your world, those lonely seasons will pass. Yeah. Those depressing, hurtful, anxious seasons will pass. If I could tell my younger self anything, it would be to remember that when I feel lonely, I don't need to lower my friendship standards and follow worldly people. I need to cling. Cling to Jesus.
3: So good. That was really good. Um, what I wish I could have told myself back then is that real friendship is pouring into your friends while they are pouring right back into you. Guys, listen to me here. A friendship should never feel toxic Or draining or like it's constantly withdrawing from you okay if you have friendships that are fun and they make you feel good and they make you feel light and better then those are real friends but if you're constantly having drama with your friends where they're saying bad things behind your back they're constantly being mean to you they're constantly being snarky and sarcastic dump them yeah life is too short to have crappy friends like that and god wants more for you and god has promised more for you and you deserve it so claim that claim those great friends and don't be afraid to dump the old ones because you're going to be alone you won't god will give you so much more when you relinquish control of your friendships and you accept what he really wants to give you yeah Guys, he wants to surround you with people who make you feel good about yourself, who keep you accountable to his word, who keep you coming back to church and pursuing the right things, not the wrong things. That's what you deserve, and that's what you need in your life. And if you have friends that are constantly taking from you and never pouring back into you, Those aren't friends, those are parasites. And you need to get rid of them, you guys. Do not walk through the murky, dirty, disgusting water of life and come up out of it without checking yourself for leeches, okay? Mm -hmm. Because they're gonna stick to you and they're gonna be there. And if you're not gonna look, they're gonna keep sucking the life out of you and you're not gonna even know it. So take account of your friendships, Mm -hmm. be smart and aware and say, are these people who I need to have in my life? And if they are not, you need to cut them out. Guys, real friends are like Chick-fil-A to the soul. Okay? Okay? Yes. They will nurture you, they will fill you up with amazing chicken and lemonade, and they'll always give you great service and really, really be polite, okay? That's what great <laughs> friendships are. They are not parasites. Yeah. And I wish so badly that I could have told myself this way back when I was younger, because maybe I could have recognized the leeches in my life before they sucked the life out of me.
0: Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, so true.
3: Yes, let's, yeah. let's clap for our man.
0: You guys have so much awesome insight. A few things that really stuck out to me is how it seemed like a lot of your priorities were kind of upside down. School was more important, popularity is more important, sports were more important, and so you kind of got those mixed up and you, you really wish you would have had God at the priority and really at the core of what you're saying is you wish you would have had friends that pushed you towards Christ and not pulled you away. Weren't they awesome? Let's give them a round of applause. I think for some of us, it's time to get rid of the wrong people in our lives that we are tied to. Just like all three of these people said, God has more for every single one of us and our friendships matter. The Bible says in Proverbs twelve twenty six, the righteous choose their friends carefully. They choose them carefully, but the way of the wicked will lead them astray. You guys, not everyone in your circle is in your corner. Not everyone in that inner circle, your bestie, they're not always in your corner, meaning they aren't your friends for the right reasons. But God wants you to have the right friends for the right reasons. And it's kind of like this, we're tied to people in our life, right? Okay, so Will has this tie to this friend who's pulling him in the wrong direction. He's dragging him down. Will's trying to stop, but he can't. This friend is dragging him down. But as soon as Will can cut the tie with this friendship, when he can cut it and say, no more, I'm done with this friendship. I'm done with this guy dragging me down, pulling me away. Now, all of a sudden, Will is free. He's free to make choices with the right friends. He's free to have, he has room in his life all of a sudden to make right friends, to have people that are gonna lift him up, that are gonna encourage him and sharpen him and build him. And so all of a sudden now he's tied to Brandon and he's got this friend that's gonna encourage him and lift him up, right? And they're gonna walk together and they're gonna do life together and it's gonna be so much better because now he has freedom to, to go to the right places. So today we have some work to do. Today we have some work to do and I believe if you will do a little bit of work with me for the next few minutes, God has some freedom for each and every one of you. So here's what we're gonna do, okay? Listen carefully. In just one second, you guys are gonna all stand up and we have tables lined up on each corner of the aisle and you're gonna grab one pin and a few pieces of paper, okay? You're gonna find some space On the floor, you're gonna separate from everyone in this room. Good friend or bad friend, you're gonna find some space just to yourself, okay? On the count of three, one, two, three, grab some paper, come find some room. Grab a piece of paper and a pen, spread out. to stay in your seats you can or if you need to use the aisles just make sure you grab some pen and paper and find some space there's more paper and pens over here at this table if you guys need if you guys are out on this table there's more pens and paper over here have a pen and some paper. Raise your hand if you don't. Blue Team will bring you some. You guys can just take a seat. Spread out. Getting the right friends in your life is getting rid of the wrong ones that's the first step if we want to make a difference for Christ if we want to have a future a good future a, a positive future we have to get rid of the wrong people in our lives and maybe for some of you it's not a friend but it's a boyfriend it's a girlfriend It's somebody that is dragging you down, that is not sharpening you, that is not making you better and pushing you forward in your relationship with Christ. I don't have to tell you who it is, you know exactly who it is. The Holy Spirit will speak that to you right now. In the pit of your stomach where you're like, oh yeah, I feel that. It feels a little bit yucky, it feels a little bit hard. And I acknowledge, that, that some of these friends maybe this boyfriend or this girlfriend you really do love them they really do mean something to you and it's hard to cut people out it's hard to say I, I can't have a relationship with them. that's that's not an easy thing to do but God has freedom for you the moment that you will do that he has more for you the moment you say okay Lord I choose to surrender I'm gonna give this person to you first thing we're gonna do is we're just gonna ask God for forgiveness, where we have not chosen carefully our friends, or maybe we did choose our friends, but we chose them out of rebellion. We chose them for the wrong reasons. We're in relationship with people that are not the right people for us. So right now you guys can just pray in the quietness of your heart as I'm praying aloud. You can repeat after me, whatever you wanna do. But Jesus, we're sorry. Lord, would you forgive us where we have not chosen carefully the people that we are surrounding ourselves with. We're so sorry. And God, we want good friends. So would you forgive us so that we can move forward, so that we can have freedom, so that we can have the right kind of friends in our lives. So as I continue speaking, I want you guys to just start thinking of that person, or or maybe it's a few people. Maybe there's someone in your life that's negative, they drain you, they they pull you down. Like Madeline's saying, they're leeches and they just suck the life out of you. Maybe you have a friend that is controlling and manipulating you and you feel stuck and you feel like you don't know how to get out. Maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend that you with, you went too far with, you crossed the line with and you feel yuck about it, and you don't know really what to do about it. Maybe there's a person in your life that when you get together, all you do is gossip. All you do is talk bad about others, and you know that's not what God wants, but that's just the habit that you've gotten into. Who is that person? What is that relationship doing to you? So as these people are coming to mind, we're gonna choose to forgive them. Forgiveness is a choice and forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person, forgiveness is for you so that your heart is right with God. So I want you to think of that person and I want you to choose to forgive them specifically for whatever they've done to you that has hurt you. Maybe they lied to you, maybe they lied about you, maybe they left you out, maybe they rejected you, maybe they gossiped about you and you're feeling hurt and Jesus is saying it's time to forgive them so that we can let go of them. Because the minute you choose to forgive them is the minute you can let go. So Jesus, we choose to forgive blank for hurting us, for rejecting us, for leaving us out, for talking bad about us, for saying they were our friend and then, and then they weren't there when we needed them. stuck we have blue team all around the room that would love to pray with you there's something that feels extra hard that you need to talk through with somebody we have blue team all around that's here for you you can just raise your hand if you want someone to pray with you I think there might be a person or two in this room today that like, I don't really have bad friends. I just don't have friends at all. And I just hear the Lord say, he's so sorry. He's so sorry that that you're lonely and that you're hurting and that you feel like you have no friends. But Jesus says to you right now, I am your friend and I am here. And I am close to you in your brokenness and I am close to you in your loneliness. Jesus is right there With you. Okay, so what we're going to do next is you guys have these pieces of paper, okay? And on this piece of paper, Anna, can I see one of yours? So on this piece of paper on one side you're gonna write you can write me or you could write your name so on mine i'd write sarah and then on the other side of this piece of paper write blank the the name of the person that has hurt you the name of maybe it's your bestie that you're like it's time that i get that I break up with this best friend of mine. It's time that I break up with this boyfriend. It's time I break up with this girlfriend because they're bringing me down. So you're gonna write your name on one side and you're gonna write the other person's name on this other side. And we're gonna break ties with people in our life that do not need to be in our life. So just begin thinking of that person. It might just be one, it might be five. If you need more paper, that's fine. We'll bring you more paper. So write your name on one side, their name on the other side. And when you're ready, just pray quietly to yourself. And you're gonna say, in Jesus' name, I break the tie with blank. And you're gonna rip that piece of paper right down the middle. Okay, and listen to me, this doesn't mean necessarily that this person is evil or a horrible person. It means that your relationship with them is not healthy. It means that they are the wrong friend for you right now. They are the, not the boyfriend you should have, not the girlfriend you should have. So I'm not saying these people are evil. I'm saying the relationship is not healthy. And so we're gonna break ties with these people in Jesus' name. So quietly to yourself, say in Jesus' name, I break the tie that I have with so-and-so.
4: of you that know that you need to write someone's name down you know you need to break that tie between you and that person but you're afraid you're afraid to do it and maybe that fear is coming from you don't want to be alone you've been alone before or you're afraid they won't understand or you're afraid about some aspect of that and I just want you to know that that God is bigger than that fear and that God has a plan. He knows that you need friends. He wants to bring friends into your life, and so don't let fear stop you from ripping that tie. So God, in the name of Jesus, we just cut the power of fear in our lives right now. We ask that fear would not hold anyone back in Jesus' name, but that there would be freedom, freedom from fear so that we can think clearly, so we can make the right choice so that we can make space for the right friends in our lives.
0: Guys can keep working on this keep spending time thinking about those people that you need to, to cut ties with and as you do I want to share something that the Lord showed me as I was preparing for this message and, and, and praying for you guys I've been praying for you guys the moment I found out that I was gonna be speaking to you about friendship I've been praying for you and what God would do in your heart And so this past week as I've been praying about this, I I was praying and I was in this room and it had a ton of windows. And it was a a beautiful day and and so I was praying and I was like, Lord, show me. And, And Lord, I know it's so important to your heart that these kids have good friends. And right then I opened up my eyes and there was a rainbow. As the biggest rainbow, I have a picture on my phone, I'll show you after service if you don't believe me the biggest rainbow from one side to the other, I saw the entire thing unfold. And I feel like the Lord said, I promise them, I will give them good friends if they will do the work. If you will do the work to get rid of the wrong friends, He's gonna provide the right friends. And listen to me, it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but I promise the Lord has good friends for you. It is so important to the heart of God. It's so important to the heart of God that he create when he created Adam, he said it's not good for Adam to be alone. So I'm going to create Eve. He understands that we need each other. We need people in our lives that are going to that are going to help us. Man, I need friends that I can call and say, "I'm having a sucky day. Would you pray for me?" Or man, I am struggling with this sin. I am struggling with gossip today. Can you pray that I would shut my mouth? I need friends like that. I need friends that are gonna keep me accountable and sharpen me and help me be better because we wanna be better. I wanna be better. And I believe that each one of you wants that. And God is saying, I have that for each one of them. I have it for each one of them if they will do a little bit of work of getting rid of the wrong people. And for you, it might be a boyfriend and you're like, I don't know how to break up with him. I don't know how. I don't know what my life is gonna look like if he is not in it anymore. And Jesus says, let go and I will give you what you need in my time. In my time, I will provide that for you. Jesus is worthy of our trust. He has never failed us. He's not gonna fail us. He's always gonna be with us. that person don't hold on it's not worth it and just a little bit of practicality here what this looks like when we are breaking ties with someone is we are never rude but we are always clear you might have to have a hard conversation with somebody you might have to have a conversation that sounds something like I can't be that close to you anymore I can't spend time with you anymore I have to take care of myself And so we're not rude, but we're always clear. For some of you, you might just have to start distancing yourself. Stop answering the call. Stop answering the text. And you might have to say, I need some space. And Jesus is going to bless you for that.
4: For some, the person's name you need to write down on the other side of your piece of paper is not actually a person it's your social media account it's your cell phone and for some of you god is calling you to break up with some piece of technology maybe it's your xbox maybe it's fortnite and i'm not saying forever but for some of you god's calling you to say you know what it's gone for a week it's gone for a month it's gone for a couple months because It's not healthy what it's become. My Snapchat's taken over my life. And so for some of you, the thing you need to write down on one side of the paper is your name and the other side of the paper is some piece of technology that's controlling you. And you need to tear that tie in your life today. And if you do, don't forget to do something about it. Delete the app, turn it off, log out, let your parent reset your password, make it real.
0: The best way to add to your life sometimes isn't to add, but it's to subtract. Man, isn't that true? Sometimes the best things we can do is not add, but take away. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It matters. It matters so much who you're surrounding yourself with. And it will every day from now on. It matters who you're spending time with. I know you guys have done a lot of hard work. I know it isn't easy to say, it this this has to be done it's it's not easy to say this this relationship is over but I have good news for you God's coming for you God has relationship for you it is so important to his heart that we have that community I had to pray for months for dynamic community, and I know that's big words, but was, that was those were my words. I needed a dynamic community of women around me who would support me, who would encourage me, who would lift me up, and it took me a while. It took me a while. As an adult, it's hard to make friends, just if you don't know, sometimes it is. And when I moved to Grand Junction eight years ago, I did not have friends. And so I began to pray deep in my heart, Lord, would you send friends? I need friends, I need people who are gonna encourage me and help me and be there for me. And guess what? God began to send friends into my life and it wasn't immediate, but over time. And now I have some really incredible friends that I know right now I could call and they would be there for me, they would pray for me. I have friends right now that are praying for each and every one of you because it matters to me. So that's the good news. And that's the hope that Jesus wants to leave you with today is he has good friends for you. And it might not be just one friend. I don't have just one super best friend. I have a few friends. So recognize it might not be one perfect person. It might not be like super bestie for your whole life, but it might be a few friends that he surrounds you with that are gonna meet certain needs for you. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we want to choose our friends carefully. Our our besties, those people that are in our inner circles, we, we choose them carefully. And Lord, for some of us, we can't think of anyone that would be that friend. And so right now, I pray that you would begin to bring to mind people that you want in these students' lives, good friends for them. God, would you begin stirring in their hearts those people that are gonna be good for them. And right now I know that you are working things out for their good. You are working friends. You are working friends into their lives, into their inner circle. Jesus, I know you're working. Holy Spirit, I know you are moving. I know that you're preparing a way for them. You're preparing a way for them to grow, to not be tempted and dragged down by the world, but to be lifted up and brought up by good Christian friends who are pursuing you. God, who are they? Would you show them who they are? Show them to us. We know what matters to your heart. And so, Jesus, we say we choose to trust you for our friendships. to trust you that you're going to provide where we feel where we feel sad where we feel hurt or broken Jesus we choose to trust you that you have our best interests at heart we trust that it matters to you that we have a friend we trust you for that Jesus we trust you that you bless every single one of these students in jesus name
2: amen thanks for listening to the 4640 student center podcast for more information on what's happening in 4640 you can check us out on social media and at our website 4640gj.com service times are tuesday
4: and wednesday nights hope to see you there